Hey, this is Keith from Shallow Ground. You're listening to Focus on Metal with Scott. Hey, Metalhead, Scott Thompson here, welcoming you to episode 304 of Focus on Metal. Since we are in the last week of October, I thought that it was time once again to pull out the Halloween episode. And, you know, we don't cover a lot of horror-themed metal here at all, or that kind of that genre at all. But last year, I know it fell into our laps, and I had great conversations with Count William from Witch Cross and Ravensthorne. And, of course, I also talked to Matt from Untimely Demise, so a, a Halloween twofer that just kind of fell into my lap last year. And this year, it's a bit of the lap of shame. This is an interview that I've been sitting on since January of this year, and it's just been getting pushed out and pushed out, and finally came up to this week, and I went, you know what? That is a great, great Halloween interview. So, uh, yep, this one fell into my lap again this year, talking to Keith from Connecticut's own Shallow Ground. I mean, the dude's been a supernatural investigator, and plus the band does a lot of supernatural themes and death and all that good stuff, so... uh, I thought, you know what? It's time to finally air this interview. Couldn't have been a more perfect week to pick to do it. But before we hear from Keith, how about a Halloween-themed track of the week? So out on Dave Ellison's EMP group is uh, James Rivera and Hellstar's latest one, Vampiro. So it's, uh, as they call it, an opus of tales of Dracula and vampires. So, of course, perfect Halloween week track of the week. Uh, got tracks on here like Awaken into the Darkness and From the Pulpits to the Pit, Repent in the Fire, Black Cathedral. So, uh, you know, usual Hell Star type stuff. Bill Matoyer is the guy who actually uh, produced this one. Uh, the dude has uh, produced. Armored Saint and Wasp and Sacred Reich and, um, of course, a little band called Slayer. So, uh, well into the metal scene, of course. So I thought in honor of Halloween, I play you a little old track off of that. And if you want to get a hold of James or anyone else in Hellstar, that's facebook.com slash hellstar.metal. And here is track two off of Vampiro bloodlust this is james amara from hellstar and you're listening to focus on metal your Halloween track of the week with Hellstar off their new one, Vampiro. So again, our guest this week is Keith from Connecticut's own 
Shallow Ground. And as I said at the beginning, this is an interview that I did way back in January. One of those pieces of audio that just keeps getting pushed out and pushed out as other things are coming in and people are, you know, trying to vie for spots to get in. So, uh, yeah, this one's been sitting in the can for quite a while. But again, perfect week for doing this one. But I got to tell you, as I was going back and editing and all this, I really did feel bad because Keith is such a good dude and we had a great talk about all things metal. This is one of those interviews like when I sit down with Chris Bennett. It's like what the show is all about is just a couple of dudes just sitting there talking metal and that's what this talk with keith was we're talking metal we're talking gear just like two old buddies sitting down and just shooting the shit and it's really what focus on metal ultimately all started to be about so that made me feel just extra shitty about how long it's taken for me to air this interview but it's a great talk a great band and of course it's east coast metal and i gotta support the east coast metal just down the road in connecticut and some of you guys also might know this band from the uh, online metal promotions compilation album that we did at the uh, end of last year and keith and shallow ground contributed the track con to that one so we've waited long enough let's roll this one all right guys i am proud once again to present to you my favorite east coast metal and I am on the phone with Keith from the one and only Bristol, Connecticut's favorite son's Shallow Ground. How we doing, man? I'm doing great, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. And uh, I want to thank you guys for contributing a song to the uh, online metal promo uh, compilation that we did at the end of the year. Uh, of course, you contributed the song Khan off of your brand new one, Embrace the Fury. So that is, uh, was very cool of you to do. Excellent. Thanks, man. Yeah, and uh, obviously a great album. Love the cover. Uh, I was kind of. I look at the cover. I laugh a little bit, going, "I don't know," but the, but the skull dude doesn't seem to be embracing the fury. It's like he's leaving the fury, but uh, very cool <laughs> cover. But yeah, the skull dude. That's like our mascot. Uh, our drummer Kurt has a, a little plastic glow in a dark skull, and we just named him Bob. So <laughs> Bob's like incorporated into everything now. Awesome, awesome, yeah. It, it seems like uh, drummers always have their like little mascot dudes because uh, for years my drummer had this like little bear thing that he used to have sitting on his kit that was like the band mascot till some girl stole it. So it's like I don't know. It's drummers yeah, have to fit exactly something between the toms. Yeah, we all have those little mascot things. You know, the drummers always do. Yeah, um, maybe because they, you know, they're they're behind there. And nobody can ever see them. <laughs> You know they need to stick something up so they get so they're so they're memorable. Yeah, and you know, speaking about drummers too, it's it's uh it's pretty cool the 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 minimal kit that uh, that he has for what you guys are doing as as far as thrash. I mean, usually you know you see at least to have the uh, you know a double bass and stuff. Obviously, he's got the double bass pedals going, but he's got yeah. a pretty minimal kit for what you guys do. Well, that's that goes because. Uh, when you're playing gigs around here, and well, you well, you know how it is. I do. It's like you got 15 minutes. You got seven minutes to get your ass on stage and get it set up, and then you got seven minutes to get your butt off stage. Yep. So it, it, that's it, it, he basically uses that kit to get what he needs done done. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it is an art. I can the whole idea of you know like marking everything, every single thing on the kit with tape and stuff. You know exactly what it is, and you know how to pull all your shit off and just get it all packed up off stage and stuff. It's it's amazing. You can tell the bands that have done it for a while and the people that are deer in headlights that have no idea what's going on. So, yeah. yeah well, I, t I tell the younger bands, too, when they start doing it, I said, look, I go, first things first, people are going, as soon as you get done, your last note, people are going to go, yeah, they're going to want to talk to you. Tell them, I'll talk to you in a minute and get your shit and get off. <laughs> just pack it and get off and then talk to them. Yeah. Because that's the biggest mistake because it... If you take your time, you're screwing the band behind you. That's right. The band behind you is, you know, have, you know, if there's like, if you're playing with like, let's say you're playing with Exodus, you have a set time that you have allotted, and the the headliner goes on at a certain time. Right. You have to be off, and they have to have sound uh, and have to be set up to go when you're when you're off. That's right. So you can't you can't run over and you know totally screw the guy behind you. That's right. Yep. That's right. And uh, band courtesy, band etiquette. You got it. That's right. Otherwise, you may not be back on that bill with that band ever again. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a few out here that I'll, I'll never invite back. Yeah. But for the most part, there's a, there's everybody out on, on the East Coast has been phenomenal. You know, good guys, good bands. Yeah. Yeah. 
It, it's it's cool to talk to somebody that's playing the East Coast that is kind of at that, you know, I guess you guys are a little bit ahead of, of, of where my bands ever were. Uh, you guys certainly have a huge following, you know, in that Connecticut area and stuff. But, uh, you know, I, I look at your history of the band and stuff, and I see how you guys, you know, you formed, you went on hiatus for a while, you came back, and, and it's like, yeah, you guys kind of went on hiatus just about the same time that, that I was just like, the scene just wasn't working and it was time to just it was more bullshit than there was fun yeah, it was, it was time all, to it was stop grunge and no, and no solos man yeah you know it's like look, look at metallica they did an album where they had hardly any guitar solos yeah and that and that was just that was just conforming to the what was selling yeah and to me it is like when when i stopped playing the only reason why i i i put the guitar down for 10 years wow I didn't crap for 10 years well my daughter was born mm-hmm and I just wanted to be dad. I wanted to be there for, you know, um, and that was the most important thing in my life. Yeah, still yeah. Is. She still is. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, I hear you. As soon as she hit ten, uh, you know, we we had this thing we called boner jams, <laughs> and it was basically at Christmas time, and all the you know all, everybody we knew who was a musician, whether they sucked or not, we would get together. We'd all learn a whole like a every send out. We learned this tone. And we'd all go to like uh, like Tim's house, and we'd sit around and have beers and just you know play Christmas tunes, and then just play Thrash and play you know like play like Seek and Destroy from Metallica, and you know just you know fun stuff. Yeah. And that's how I, I was like, man, I missed this so much, and then I just I, I it was like as soon as I picked the guitar up, it was like I never put it down. Yeah. Yeah, it is pretty weird. You you pick it up. I think the weirdest thing is that if you, when you leave that gap, and obviously you had a, you probably had a bunch of originals before you sobbed, right? You pick it up again, and you're like, "Damn, I don't remember how to play that freaking song." It was a, a day I could play that in my sleep, and and you have to like go back to the memory bank and try to figure out all of your own songs again. Yeah, well, there's uh, been doing that. I've been, I've been revamping a lot of the older stuff that that I've written mm. back in the '80s, '90s. Um, just because it's it's too good. We've we've had we have shallow ground alone has like uh, three demos that nobody's ever heard, mm. and we, we had different style of vocals. We were more like uh, Fate's Warning type, okay. Um, real progressive, um, not thrashy at all. Had a little thrash element to it, but it, you know that type of vocal line where it's just like you know like the John Arch kind of vocals. Um, now it's like I. I've, found those CDs again, or not CDs, they were tapes, and we converted them to CD, and there's a lot of good stuff, and all you got to do is put a different drummer to it, and put a little bit of speed back into it, and damn, some good tunes. Nice. I think you guys still have a little bit of that progressive thing going on, even in the thrash, if you really listen to it. Oh, you got it. It's part of us. Yeah. You know, we, we yeah, like when I grew up, you know, back in the 80s, it was like, you know, Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, um, you know, like Tony Iommi to me is God, you know, from Black Sabbath. Yeah. And you just, you start listening to this, and, you know, I, li- I like those rhythms where you can actually write a good lead to and play a good solo, or um, myself, I'm, I when I play, I'm just like balls out speed. Right. But you know, I like I like writing rhythms that uh, Tim can play is like really heartful solo kind of stuff. You know, right? He's got that real delicate, you know, touch to to when he plays. Yeah, yeah. It is a, like a really cool dynamic, and in, in, uh, you know, like that tune, darkness. Just kind of watching the interplay between between the parts and everything. It's it is just really cool. And like the first time listening to that. You guys didn't do like anything formulaic in it. Wherever I thought you were gonna go, you went somewhere else, and it was really cool to listen to.
definitely a pretty cool moment when you get something like that but yeah that's that's one of the songs i was really digging just just because of that that you know some bands go in and, and you just you can tell oh i know that i know the next thing they're gonna do but that song every time i thought you were gonna go left you went right and it was like wow this is just really cool and trying to like yeah, get into your head of how that came out you know yeah it's trying not to be predictable mm-hmm. it's like that's that's just how i'm wired i'm, I'm i guess i'm ass backwards <laughs> It's it's like, you know, where you think you should go this way, I go the opposite way. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, we got to go down here. You know, I'd rather go up there. You yeah. Know, just it, like, just the, I don't know, anarchy, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's very cool because, you know, you think back to like, you know, some of the early Metallica where they would where they would do that kind of thing. But you always had that sense that, and even at this point, Lars has admitted a lot of it was pretty much gratuitous. Oh, we got to add another part. We got to add another part. But I don't get the sense of that with your songs. I get a sense of that's like really what you felt like when you were doing it. And it wasn't like, Oh, I, I need to be clever here and do this. It just, it just seems like exactly that thing it. happened. It's whatever poops out of you when you're playing, you know? Yeah. Um, it's like, I, I, it gets to the point sometimes like, Oh, let's cut some of this stuff back because we just keep adding. And it's like, Oh man, we got this killer. Rip. Let's put this to a different song. Hmm. Cause it, it, it just, the songs never end. You know, it's like we we have some six, seven, eight minute long songs, and it's like okay, let's you know. So instead of six, seven, eight minutes, we could cut it in half, and you can have because we have so many different rhythms in it. You can have two totally separate tunes that are just as cool as the long one. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then people, you know, their 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 focus would be okay. Oh, it's, it's a shorter tune. Okay, excellent. Rather than a long song, they kind of get lost sometimes. They don't know where we're at in the song because there's so many changes. Yeah, yeah, very true. And and obviously, you guys you guys play a, a lot live too, which is very cool to see. Yeah, it's it's more fun to play live, I think. Yeah, you know, we we only practice like once a week, and we do everything. Everybody just sits at home and just you know kind of watches TV and nerds it out and just plays you know plays the guitar you know and does what we got to do. And then when we hook up, it's we're we're tight. Yeah. I'd say it's probably the most proudest thing I am about the band is that we're we're tight, mm. we're tight, tight, tight. Yeah, and that, that kind of music. I mean, you you guys have to be as well to be able to to pull that off live. And and all those songs just sound like they are totally geared to live. You know, sometimes you have some bands where they may have a, a you know a disc out there with nine songs on it, and there's maybe five of them that are like, yeah, they can play these live and make them really solid. And then there's like other four that are, yeah, I bet they never play these live. They're just studio songs. But you listen to your stuff, and it all seems like stuff you guys could just go out and just hammer people with live. Yeah, that's well, that's what we do. It's we want to play the stuff that makes us happy. Yeah. And, and we're finding the stuff that makes us happy. Other people are like, yeah, it makes me happy too. So I'm like, yes, <laughs> you know, that's the fun part about it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like that the, the scene on the East coast over the last couple of years has started to get a little bit better than it was a few years back? Uh, yeah, it's a lot less breakdown, mm-hmm. you know, um, well, Connecticut's king for like the the, the heavy hardcore hit and stuff. Like you know, you got Hatebreed. Uh, Hatebreed's got to be the undisputed king of Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Um, good, good band, and their and their rhythms are just you know they're just so solid and just you know get you going. Right. Uh, um, there's there's a lot of good stuff. That's all. That's you know there's a yeah. lot of good bands. Yeah. Now, do you guys ever uh, get up into like you know New York, New York, New Jersey area as well? Actually, we actually end up going north. Yeah. So north and west. We 
New England. Uh, we go Pennsylvania, Ohio. Yeah, Colorado. I mean, you guys must go get really good good reaction, like, around the Philly market. Yeah. Because I'm thinking, like, if you guys played on a bill with, like, Power Theory out there, you, that would be a great bill, you two guys. I think we play with Power Theory in Ohio. Oh, okay. That That's play, another good market Warriors for you guys, metal, too. Um, yeah, oh, Warriors of Metal? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I get so it. We, we played two years in a row. We played uh, 13 and 14, I think, the, oh, last, okay. the, the last two years. Nice. And it was that was definitely for, pretty cool. Yeah. You know, we had... We had uh, Mike actually, Mike from Flots and the Jets, and actually uh, wore a T-shirt out on the stage when he was playing. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, hey, cool, thanks, Mike. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, that's those are definitely good markets for you guys. I can absolutely see that. But yeah, that was one of the things that that uh, you guys reminded me a little bit of was uh, was some of the stuff that that uh, BB does with Power Theory. But uh, yeah, that'd be definitely that's a good bill with you guys. Uh, you know, we'd love to hook up and play some. You know, play other states. It's just it's just getting our foot in the door mm-hmm. and getting down there because you know we're all working class citizens. So it's not like we you know we've we've turned down more tours than. You can you can ever think. Yeah, you know, we we're, were invited to play, you know, Europe quite a few times, and it's just like you know we we can't we can't drop everything and go on a sixty seventy, you know, gig tour. Right. Yeah. You know, we, this is rumors. We were we we had a chance to go out with them. We had a chance to go out with Hellstar. Um, it just yeah, we can't do it. Right. You know, it's just yeah. I mean, it's to, it's an amazing to commitment to do it. I mean, just. Personally, financially, everything—it's—it's it's absolutely crazy. And right, and if you want your shirts, you got to get your shirts made there mm-hmm. because the, the the taxes bringing them in, you know, the customs taxes will kill you. Same yeah. Right here. Yeah. You know, you can't if you get all your stuff there, you got to leave it there. And when you come here, you, you know, you, it's just—it's never ending. Yeah. But, yeah. But I it's know. nice being on a, a German label, though. You know. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Killer Metal Records. Oh yeah, yeah. Good, it's a good label. I, I, I'm enjoying being on that very much. Yeah. Oh, okay. I like cool. With gents. Yeah. It's uh, that was I was going to ask you about that too. What you thought about that label? Because I think I think you guys might be the first people we've had on that uh, that have been on KMR. So it's always it's always good to to let other people know, like you know, what people think about labels and stuff like that. And uh, you know, I, I get I do a lot of press releases for them, but I think you guys are the first ones that I've had on that are actually on that on that label. Well, same thing with all the labels. It's tough all over. Mm-hmm. Unless you're unless you're on a huge label, you know, and and touring constantly, it's tough. Yeah. Because they'll, they'll let's let's say we we uh, in Norway, we're, we're we got a huge huge following in Norway, which I had no clue about. Uh, I, I guess somebody picked up one of our CDs when they they bought it from Jens uh, at, at Wacken. And they they went back, and now it's like from what I'm being told is before we thrash it, they're like playing shallow ground through the through the PA there. <laughs> so it's like it went one CD went to like everybody there, <laughs> you know. So it's, I don't mind that at all. It's like as long as they're enjoying the music, yeah. You know, it, it ain't about money, it ain't about nothing like that. It's just like you know, just enjoying it. Yeah. So it's it's kind of neat hearing that from from people over there. Like I'm like, oh hey, you know, if you ever heard of us, so like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm like wow, you know. Yeah, it is weird. I had uh, I was in a, a band uh, back in the in the late '80s, and, and we had ended up getting signed on uh, Black Rose Records in Germany. And and I, the, my first thing was like, how the hell did you guys even hear of us? And uh, they was like, oh yeah, and all those people that were were playing you, and I'm like, what what are you freaking talking about? And yeah. it's just and you know, and that's real, isn't it? It's it's really bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. Is it? You're like wow, and there's you know you're you're hearing bands doing cover tunes of you. You're like really, <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's like some of the local venues don't even give you respect because you're because you're Connecticut. You know, we're playing we're here playing in Connecticut, and the venue's like, oh, well, you're a Connecticut band, so you're still considered local. Just go away. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, <laughs> pretty funny. Yeah, I know. It's it is that it's. It's definitely something. It's it's like a whole f- different freaking universe. People can't even believe the the kind of weird shit that you put up with when you're when you're playing, uh, especially playing in an original band. And like you said, playing you know a, a bill where you got like four or five bands in one night. It's 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 just a whole different experience. Yep, and it's it's a it's always a cluster, and there's always some. There's always you know okay, you got this. You're going on at this time sharp. This time sharp. And then it, by the time it's get, you get to you're, you get on stage, it's like, 
okay, it's like 20 minutes past when we're supposed to play. Mm-hmm. Are you cutting our set? And it's like, well, no, you guys play. And then they, they end up, you know, asking you to cut like five, ten minutes off your set. It's like, it's no problem. I understand how time time goes. Yeah. But that's where it comes in. Like, if you're if you're in a band that's, that's on first or second or third, play like you're on, you know, play like, you know, you're playing in front of a huge crowd. Right. And get in, get on, get off quick. This way here, nobody, there's no, there's never any issues. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're not screwing the guy behind you. That's the whole thing. Yeah, definitely. You know, that, that's I grew up like that, and you know, get on and get off fast, and then be professional. Yep, absolutely. But, but don't take it too seriously. Where everybody thinks you're a dick. <laughs> that's right. You know, it's like you know, always take time to talk to everybody. Go, you know, be polite, be courteous. This I'm talking right now. I'm talking to all the young players out there. Be polite, be courteous, and if somebody wants to talk to you, don't blow them off. Don't think you're above anybody. Yep. Talk to everybody and treat them with the same respect you want to be treated with. That's right. It's very, yeah, very good cool. advice. Yeah, that's and that that that'll give you a heads up on everything. Yeah, it'll make you it'll make you stand above everybody else. Yeah, yeah. It was we were playing a gig one night years ago, and it was some uh, something out in, in Andover, some like social like youth social thing, and we ended up being like the oldest guys on the bill, and it was funny that. So they they said, "Well, you got a headline and everything," but all these all these young bands were all like, "Oh, why do you do this and why do you do that?" And they, it was like we were like freaking gurus or whatever. But it was we were basically telling them the same type of thing, which is like, "Don't be a dick, don't get an ego, you know, like all that same kind of stuff." And it was, but it was just like really bizarre to be in that position of of all of a sudden like this all everyone else in the bill was looking up to you. It's like, all right, this is kind of weird. We just kind of came to, to play and have a good time. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, but all of that, very good advice. Yeah. Well, yeah, been doing a long time too, you know? Yep. It's, uh, it's like, yeah, when you're, when you've been playing since the eighties, you, you, you know, you got a little, you, you do have some little pivots of wisdom. Yep. Not, you know, if you talk to your, you know, wife and your kids, they kind of look at you like, nah, you, you're dumb as a stump. But yeah, that's pretty much what I get too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I um, I'm actually uh, I'm a Randall artist, and my Randall head smoke showed last night. So it's like, oh Christ! <laughs> but uh, I come home and tell her, I'm like, you know what? It's time to get a new head. And she's like, uh, so now it's a three pair shop. So yeah, <laughs> you know, trying to sell, trying to sell some stuff to to get some more more equipment. So it's the way it always is. Yeah. Never never take out of the household fund. Always you know, so it's going to be like you know. Okay, so I can put these four cans over here, and I can turn them into recycling and get some change. Yep, yep. Or I've I've definitely had things from back in the eighties where I like there's been gear that I regretted trading in because I needed to get something else. I still have my anniversary Marshall. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the JCM eight hundred eighty six, the Whitehead. Uh-huh. I, still have that. I still have. I still have full Marshall stack along with the, the Randall stuff. Um, I still have my first good guitar I bought. Well, my parents bought it for me in '84 with Fender Strat. Yeah, I, mean, I play that constantly now. Though I have, I've had it totally, you know, Frankenstein. I have uh, an original Floyd Rose countersunk on it with two Demars UX twins, wired in sync. Mm-hmm. So the thing screams. Yeah. So you said it's an '84 Strat. Yeah. Is it? Uh, is it one of the ones that was made in Japan? No, it's actually U.S. It is. So you got. So you got like right. Right when they went and reopened U.S. production, then. Oh yeah. Yeah, because I've got an '83 that was Japan, and people like look at it and go, "Made in Japan." I'm like, "Yeah, they, that's the only place they made them in '83 was in Japan." And, uh, and the funny thing is, do you remember the strap they had with the 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 the, the springs were on top instead of on the bottom? Mm-hmm. That's the one I had. Really? Oh, yeah. that's cool, dude. Well, I totally it's it's we had a block wood in it, and then we. Brought it out the back. They put the Floyd Rose on it, and because on it, because uh, the pick guard had were plugged in, and it had those little push button tabs. Yeah, and they had the solid pickups on it. it they, they almost look like EMGs now, but they're just solid. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, when uh, I had to, I had it drilled on the bottom, it comes up through the body now. Instead of it doesn't have the jack on the side, it has it on the on the on the bottom of the guitar. Okay. So it doesn't sort of it doesn't affect the tremolo at all. Yeah. And people are like, that's not a real strap body. I'm like, trust me, it's a it's a one hundred percent strap body. It is fed hundred percent feather neck altogether. You know? 
Nice. It's a nice, it's a nice little guitar. Yeah. So it's interesting, you know, you, as being a Randall artist, one of the things I, I've, that's kind of bums me out about Randall is it's, it's very hard to find, like, Randall dealers. Yeah, well, a lot of it you can, you can get right through Randall. Yeah. They, they cut out the middleman, you know. Um, like, right, right now, Nob's going on. Mm-hmm. They they are, they're they're going to unveil some really killer shit. I'm telling you straight up. Nice. Um, their their amps, their heads are so far above anything I've played so far. Nice. You know, and it's hard for me to say I was a Mar- I was a old, I was a Marshall man for years, and then all of a sudden I was like, you know, let me try to Randall. Started getting into Randall, like, damn, this is a freaking nice head, and then. The endorsement came along and everything else. Now it's like, you know, I'm a Randall man. I'm totally 100% converted, convinced Randall. Nice. Well, I mean, Kirk Hammett's using them, right? And he loves them. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and you would not believe how heady these friggin' heads can sound. Yeah. You know? Like the Thrasher is like, it's like the best head, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, they definitely have had some 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 great heads, and uh, I know years back when they had the one with the uh, where you could plug in any one of the different preamps, you can put the four preamps in the head, and then use the Randall power amp, and and yeah. I really had wanted that head, and I just I just couldn't find it anywhere. It was all solid state, though, wasn't it? Uh, that one was all solid state. Yeah, yeah, it's not, that, that, you know, I'm, I'm like, I love the tube sound, <laughs> <laughs> you know. You have a little bit of both, and you got it, you know? Yeah, yeah. It was just a, I mean, you know, especially around here, you play a gig, and you and you get off stage, and like I said, you're cramming to get everything out, and you space it, and you take your Screaming Hut tube amp out into the cold, and you're like, I just fucked myself. I just know I did. And so, I, you know, after an, uh, enough times of that with tube heads, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do some solid state for a little while and just know I have that reliability gig to gig. And I've, you know, I still got, a, I've got a lot of tube again now, but that was like, that was one of the heads I was really thinking about using at that point. Yeah. That, you know, it was a good head. Still is a good head. Yeah. I think there's one kicking around the band room. <laughs> Tim, Tim was like really big in the solid state. Now he's, he's, uh, he likes the tubes. Yeah. I'm a tube person too. Yeah. And he's got that nice warmth warm feel to it you know when you got a gig you always i always have a blanket in my truck <laughs> you know so it's like before if it's freezing cold you come in you, you plug it in you let it warm up for you know an hour or something before you play and then you move it over and then after you get done playing you just wrap it up like a baby and put it away yeah yeah and now you, you know you mentioned nam have you ever been able to go to nam no i think i, I um i think i might be going um uh, Next year, nice. Um, I I had a I had a guitar endorsement, and I wafted to the guy, totally screwing over three or four people that I sent to him that he built guitars for, mm-hmm. including my guitarist Tim. Um, guy totally screwed the guitars up. I mean, glue on the fretboard. I mean, the fretboard's not glued right. Uh, paint cracking. Uh, just totally screwing up on how the Kaler's installed. Um, you know, neck not straight. You know, this is all stuff that you should have now. Yeah. And then, then I, I had said something to him, and a, a guitar that was promised uh, like two years ago just showed up. Like, like in well, let's put it this way: it showed up almost two years late <laughs> after having full payment for over over a year and a half. Wow. And um, when I got it, I was supposed to have a flight case with it came in a box and it had a dent in, and it wound up having a dent in the wood mm. because it was in a box and I, I, I lost it on him and he said you know and he's just like well you know you've been nothing but a pain in my butt to me and I'm like well how is that I just you know every two months I'd send him an email you know dude once the guitar come and I know it's done you know mm. because I because I get pissed at him about the three other guys that he totally screwed over yeah so but now I have a new guitar company. Um, I can't really reveal it yet until I sign on the dotted line. Mm-hmm. But they are—they are at Nam right now. Uh, he's been, he's uh, the owner of the company. He's been sending me pictures all day of <laughs> <laughs> what's going on. And so, and so I'm like, I'm pretty stoked about it. Yeah. Um, it's total custom guitars, and 
it should be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I think that the endorsement stuff is is kind of weird too. I, I got uh, uh, a guitarist that that's around here. Well, he was around here, and he's actually. He's been on the cover of a lot of guitar magazines and stuff, and he, especially like in Japan and stuff, and he, he would come over here and, and do demos with me at my studio. And usually he'd come back from Nam every year, and he'd have like a, a bunch of new endorsements, and he'd have new stuff, and he'd come over and he'd show me. And then after a while, we'd start doing demos, and he'd be like, um, Can I use your amp? Uh, can I use this other guitar? Can I, and he'd always end up using nothing that he got endorsements for. He'd end up using all my stuff again. And then he'd go back to Nam the next year and he'd have a bunch of other new endorsements on top of those. Yeah, and, that's just that's how it goes. Like, yeah. I, I try to find I try to find something that I believe in and, and keep. Yeah. Like uh the like the first, one of the first ones I got was into guitar picks. Yeah. And you know, you can't go wrong with them. You know, they print what you want on them and they're freaking great picks. <laughs> yeah. The price is great. So, you know, yeah. everybody thinks everything, everybody thinks endorsements are free unless you're unless you're making millions of dollars, you don't get free stuff. That's right. That's right. Oh. Yeah, because he had even gotten an endorsement with uh, with Gibson. I'm like, oh, really? And he's like, yeah, yeah, but it's not it's not like the endorsement endorsement. And I'm like, oh, no, all right, it's like, yeah. It's like fifty percent off or thirty five percent off or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Is it the artist endorsements? Yeah. Which they which they help out the artist because you know you're you're getting decent off a of streak. Yeah. Yeah, but I know it. Uh, he was gonna if he was still in the country now. He, he you know he was like, yeah, we, you got to go to Nam with me this year. You got to go to Nam with me this year. But uh, yeah, I think it's like about three or four years in a row now that uh, it's just pretty much been you know either that it just didn't end up happening or I just like yeah, I just don't have the budget to do Nam. You know, that's uh, that's my thing in a nutshell. Is the budget. Yeah, <laughs> it's, like, it's like right now. It's like oh, and um, I. Uh, little hard story for me, but I, I, I had a dog, uh, I, I show dogs, I breed dogs too, mm. you know, just for the, the fun of it. And, um, one of my dogs went to a dog show, came back right after Thanksgiving, broke with kennel cough, <laughs> and then proceeded to give it to two other of my dogs. No. Um, put them, everybody was on medication, everybody had their, you know, their, their Bordetella shot and everything else. Well, I was playing a little one outside, next day, come in, she is full blown pneumonia. Wow. ICU um five days. Mm, that adds five up. Days a, yeah, five days in ICU on oxygen, four grand. Yep. Yeah, so it's like oof. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, that comes out of a lot of playtime budget. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, big time. Yeah, Absolutely. So you can't you can't wind over spilled milk, I guess. Yeah, yeah. People that don't know, you guys have got you got two full length albums out. Uh, you put the first one out in 2013, right? The end of everything. Yeah. And then you. And uh, then you got uh, then you got the the, the brand new one. Um, so I mean that's I mean that's pretty good regular release. I mean two years between releases, and uh, it sounds like you guys have a, a pretty much a good groove. And and I, I get a sense of. Uh, I already I already have the third the third CD mapped out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually do. I have. I think I have seven or eight songs already mapped out for it. Nice. Nice. We just, we just got to sit down with the, you know, the rest of the band and get the drum rhythms and everything else going. And we should be able to crank back in. I think we're going to definitely go back and work with, uh, Nick rage again from toxic Holocaust who recorded this last one for us, uh, which is good. So, yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to say is, is, you know, I talk to a lot of bands and some bands, I definitely get a sense of a, a certain level of songwriting chemistry that, that just lends itself to a lot faster ability to, to write songs. And, and I get a sense of, of you, you, you know, again, going back to your love of Tony Iommi, that I'm yep. sure you love messing around. You get the riff, you get the thing going, and then probably bring it to the band, and people just go holy shit and jump on top of it. And yep. very quickly after that, you like you've got the basis for the song. Oh yeah, once you once you get your once you get your main rhythm and your chorus line, mm -hmm. then all then all you need to do is basically add a little bit of time changes, solo rhythm. Um, maybe a, maybe a chorus or a pre-chorus or, you know, you start, you start dicking around a few things and you're like, oh, this sounds good. This sounds good. Yeah. Now, a lot of times you'd be playing and it just naturally progresses into the next thing. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I, I'm, I'm always, I'm always one for playing something fast and then breaking into that, like, you know, I call it the polka mosh, you know, that polka <laughs> style mosh beat, you know, 
that like testament uh san francisco style mm-hmm. you know open high hat you know father jones just kind of pulls you along you know yeah that that you know the anthrax are kind of like the war dance kind of there you kind go of sound. always the thing that would trip me up a lot is I was really good with you know melodies and, and everything that underlied the vocals and stuff and I always threw me off of like the oh crap now I gotta come up with the solo rhythm and that was always the part that because it didn't for some reason it never flowed naturally for me to write solo rhythm because I'm more I'm not really a lead guitarist I'm a, I'm a rhythm guitarist so I just whatever whatever it is my brain never worked that way and that was always the part that felt very unnatural to me writing songs uh, see with me, it's it's you know I, when I when I write like say like um, if you if you have once again you'll hear like in the middle part of once again it it breaks down to like an acoustic thing. Mm-hmm. I did that because Tim has such a talent for writing you know really sad sounding meaningful solos. Mm-hmm. Where my solos are is basically I'm going to try to blow your teeth out of the back of your head and just like make you go wow his fingers move that fast. <laughs> that's, that's basically how I do it. And Tim writes it. He's so freaking melodic and he's got that really, really, really good timing and just overall feel. Yeah. You know, mine's just like, okay, I'm going to do this scale, this scale, I'm going to go over to this and I'll, I'll do a bend here and it's like, you know, tear it, you know, just shred. Yeah. Now, now you guys, I mean, obviously you and Tim have been together for freaking forever and yeah. I'm assuming at this point you guys have kind of the Vulcan mind meld and know what each other's going to do without even looking at each other. But yeah, how does that much. play against the fact you got two new guys? Well, you know, Kurt, Kurt's been with us since '09. Okay. So he's he's been good. Um, we actually got a brand new bass player. He just signed on with us um, in October, I believe. Hmm. Uh, we lost our we lost our baseball. We had the bass player Nick. We yep. lost him. Then we had lost the, the new Nick. Um, no hard feelings whatsoever with the new Nick. He uh, is really into symphonic metal, and that's what he put together a symphonic metal band, and it's pretty freaking good stuff, man. He's a talented he's a talented little shit. I like you know he really is. Yeah. And and um, so we put it out there. We're having bass tryouts. And we had like maybe five or six people answer it, and I mean it was like the first night, five or six people. Hmm. So we gave uh, Mark a shot. Mark came down, he, he banged out a few tunes. We're like, yeah, this is good. Um, we have a gig up in New Hampshire next week. You want to play it? Be like, uh, okay. So he managed to scrape forty minutes worth of our material together, had it down, mm-hmm. went up there, banged it out. We we shook his hand that day. <laughs> you know, he 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 put the time in, he put the energy in, and he was. He, I, th- I think he was shitting a brick, but you know he pulled it off. Yeah, he, he was he was competent. He was he was he it was good. Yeah, and that's just it, you know. Nice, nice. So, would you play up in New Hampshire? Uh, 
the wrecking room. Okay, all right, yeah. Yeah, Peter, in Petersboro. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's Charles' place, man. Great, great little venue. Fun place to play. People from New Hampshire are freaking crazy. Yeah, and that's like a, I mean, Peterborough is, in a sense, like a middle of nowhere place, you know? <laughs> yeah, you're, dri- you're driving through woods and stuff. You, you, you have to expect to see Sasquatch jump out and stop your car, you know? Yep. And the next thing you know, you're in a, you're like, you come up and there's a church, a police station, and a roundy round. Uh-huh. And then more trees. <laughs> it's like, where the hell did this come from? But then you get down to like the center of Petersburg, and it, it opens up. There's shopping centers and malls and stuff like that. Yeah, you kind of get around that one corner, and you see like off to the left. It's like, oh, okay, there's like stores, there's a plaza. Okay, it's civilization and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Back to humanity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we played up there a few times. Nice. It's it's a nice place, and the food there is like awesome. Yeah. And they book a lot of metal bands into that place, too. Oh, yeah, dude. He loves metal. Yeah. You know, um, I think uh, Lich King and Condition Critical and Goblet and Epicenter are playing up there uh, within a month or so. Mm. That's yeah. going to be a great show. It's I always... I get my ass up there to see it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's... I, I like Lich King. I really do. Yeah. Yeah, they're good bands. It sounds like it's a long haul from Connecticut, but it's it's really not. Two hours. Yeah. <laughs> it's two hours, but what? It's two hours of, oh, my God, I'm going to hit a deer. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's basically what it is. Man. It's two hours of currency. I'm going to hit a deer or a moose. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the way I always think of it when I'm going through Connecticut is like, just get me the hell off 84 and everything will be fine. Yeah, 84 blows. It does. It is the yeah, worst. I'm, I'm, like, I'm like right on... Where I live, I'm right on the Merritt Parkway, uh-huh. which goes to 91, and I'm like um, 10 minutes from 84, so I'm like right between 84, 91, and Merritt. I'm yeah. like right in that little corridor there. Yeah, I just I have a thing. I just hate 84. So <laughs> a lot of people do. I hate 80. I hate Route 80. I'm <laughs> going through Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah, that's another one. Yeah, that that is just like you get on that road, you're like, oh my goodness. It's yep. long. Definitely. And it's like, you know, you look down and it's almost dead shit on the side of the road. You're like, oh, Christ, <laughs> it's a porcupine. I mean, the first time we went out to Ohio uh, a couple years back, I mean, I was counting deer and everybody got pissed because like, I was up to like 180 deer dead on the side of the road going one way. Wow. And they're, so next year, I'm like, they're like, you're not going to count deer. So we just get to New York. I start counting friggin' porcupine. <laughs> Dude, I counted like I, I, no lie, I stopped counting. I think like 380. <laughs> said, That's it. I'm done. I can't keep counting them because everywhere you look, you'd be like, was porcupine carnage everywhere. Yeah. Good name for a song. Porcupine I was just carnage. thinking that's a great that's a great album carton title right there. Porcupine <laughs> carnage. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can I can I can re, I can give you I can divulge to you what the next CD will be. I can tell you the name of it. Nice. So far, it's, if you want to know, I do. Okay, it'll be uh, from the underground. Nice. So it's basically, uh, you know, all dug up old stuff. That sounds like a solid concept, right there. That's yeah, nice. it's going to be cool. Nice. And we're going to have the same. We're going to have Noel do this, do the cover again. Awesome. Um, he is fantastic. Anybody out there that that does uh, that is looking for a cover done, you know, check him out. You can find him on our Facebook page. Um, he did everything. He drew everything out. He painted everything with, with watercolor. He painted everything, and then he he added just fantastic stuff. Yeah. If you look at the CD cover, you'll see a whole bunch of little surprises everywhere on T-shirts and stuff like that with different names. And you know, look for the alien and everything else that's in there. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of cool shit. It is. It's it's a cool cover. I I love it. I, I mean, you first look at it, and it just it just reminded me of like. This is the scene at Ruthie's Inn in, you know, like 1984 kind of thing. It just, it has that kind of vibe. Yep. Yeah. It's great. Everybody cover. having fun and enjoying it, yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I thought that was very cool. And and when I looked at it, I kind of worked my way back that I was like, oh, wow, this is pretty cool. This guy's working through, you get moshing. And it's like, oh, cool. Shallow Ground's playing. And it's like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. The, the, you know, I don't know who came up with it. I think maybe Tim did. Hmm. And uh, said something like that, and as we're going, it's like, hey, wow, 
look, you know, it's like, wow, this are us. And then you got you got Tim, who's, who's like basically Mike Winowski. Uh-huh. He actually put the shallow ground thing over him, so that's why he's like the the Mike Winowski from uh, from Monsters Inc. That's like every time he takes his picture, he's like hit behind something. That's yeah, what he does. <laughs> you know? Too funny. Yeah, but that is, I mean, that's an absolutely great cover that's that's on there. And uh, uh, I can't wait for the next one. He's easy to work with too. Yeah, he's very easy. If you if you wanted something changed, he changes it right away. He, Absolute, absolute dream to work with. Yeah, and and it is. I mean, that's a high quality picture too. I mean, that's something I would have expected to see on like a Testament cover or an Exodus cover. It's it's got that that vibe to it too, and just the colors, everything, and the artwork. It's just solid. Excellent, thank you. I, I'm proud of that cover. Yeah, I got to hang it on my wall already. I I, I, I really dig it. At you know. Yeah, I mean, this is it one does, of those. It does a lot. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm sure you had the same experience, right? I, I remember buying, like, Iron Maiden Killers and looking in the record bin and going, I don't know what this freaking thing is, but it sounds, it, just looking at it, I like, I must listen to this. And I, I look at your cover, and if we still had record stores like we had back in the day, that would be one of these albums where I'd flip through and go, shit, I have to buy this. This just looks like it's something I must listen to. It's got that kind of a vibe to it. Oh, excellent, man. Yeah. That, that means a lot, because that's, that's basically how we did things, too. Mm. It's like if the, if the album cover was killer, we'd be like, yeah. And then sometimes you get like, oh, boy, like I, I ended up buying Nazareth. <laughs> back when, and the, the Hair of the Dog, uh-huh. that one. And I was just like, that, you know, that was the only good time. That and Love Hurts were the only good, two good things on the whole CD, that whole album. But I bought it because of the artwork on the cover. Yeah. You know, it's just like. Yeah. I got burned with that one too with the Nazareth one with the two two, <laughs> two no no in fact I I bought I got two excess and I thought wow this thing looks so freaking cool and the guy because I was always at the record store was like hey you want you want one of the the big store posters for it too I'm like yeah so I bring bring both the album and the poster home I'm like yeah I'm I'm like from the balls and I put it on and I'm just like no I'm not the balls <laughs> oh. <laughs> yep been there yeah oh you man. Know, then, uh... Like, I always loved the Molly Hatchet covers. Very cool those are, covers. Those are just, like, wild. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Megadeth the way had great covers. And, uh, you know, Anthrax did for a while, but then they had some strange covers, and they had some really good covers. Yeah. Um, Metallica, until they went to black. You know, that was just too much, too spinal tappy for me. Right. Yeah, I mean, just a lot of a lot of there was a lot of great stuff out there, and, and you know, my buddy Martin Popoff did a whole book on on covers, and and I I always love just looking back through that book and seeing like, oh shit, I forgot about that cover, and I forgot about that cover, and so, and then I'm just kind of every so often I'm like, oh shit, I think I actually have that vinyl. I'll go back and look, I do. But yep, uh, and then yeah, like Killers. When you mentioned Killers, I was like, yeah, and the yeah. Iron Maiden for originally Iron Maiden. Yeah, you know, just those and Made in Japan and. Yeah, there's definitely some cool stuff. Yeah. And then, like Judas Priest, when they started after they started like after British Steel, they you know point of entry, and then they started doing like you know, uh, uh, screaming, for screaming and defenders. Yeah, they, yeah. they had all those kind of like metallic crossover war machine, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, and I thought that was like the coolest thing. Man. Yeah, but even Sad Wings of Destiny was a killer cover. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's all kind of like pop art when they, you know, it is pop art now, yeah. I guess. Yeah. You know? Very cool stuff. Very cool stuff. I am psyched to know you guys have got another one in the works, and I, I can't wait to hear it as well. It just, I just, it's, it is very cool stuff, and, and I, I like that it's, um, you guys definitely have like a different, a different sound, you know, this, and I think part of it is probably the maturity in the band. I think this. Yeah, we're old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, me too. But uh, I, I think that that probably brings a lot to to what you guys do and and how you guys sound. I think other bands may be able to do some of that riffage, but then I just I don't know. I just feel like it would be like I said before, formulaic and, and everything. But I just I think it's really cool. I, I like the I like the level of the growl and the vocals, and I definitely like the the driving and and you know all the intensity in the music as well. And it just I think a lot of it again goes back to just having that maturity to know and be able to play, not to impress, but to play to what makes you happy and what feels yeah, right. That's the key. Yeah. What makes you happy. 
that's that's the whole friggin' key. Yeah. You know, it's like like you were saying, the different rhythms and stuff like that. It's all what what you feel. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're feeling if you're feeling angry, you, you know, you get I got speed, just total speed rhythms. But when you're feeling kind of like, yeah, okay, you got to cross over now, and I want to bang my head a little bit, you got to start that that mosh. Right. Uh, right. It, Absolutely. Yeah. You know, that dubstep, I guess you want to call it. Just to, <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, you know, before I let you go, I, I would want you to let everybody know where online they can find you or get a hold of you or know where you guys are gigging. So as far as, you know, people going, I got to check out these shallow ground guys, either live or recorded. Where should they go? Okay. You could go to many places. You can just Google shallow ground band on your on your phone and you'll definitely come up with us. Um, you can go to Facebook.com backslash shallow ground uh you know you can find any of us there if you can just you can look at the band and find a band member and just message a band member if you just want to bs we're more than happy to, to take the time and talk with you and message back with you and you know share some tunes with you uh or you can go to our website which is uh www.shallow-ground.com nice a little dash in there there you go yeah, and, and I, I love on Reverb Nation, you look on the page, and it's got, it's like, rank number two, and I'm like, yes! That was really? Pretty, yeah, for no, the, uh, on the, the Bristol charts, you are in rank number two. <laughs> I had no clue. <laughs> yeah, yeah was, I, thought, I thought, that's very nice. Yeah, so the only person uh, ahead of you is In the Red. Oh, I love In the Red. Yeah. They're good, good dudes. They are. They're really good dudes. Yeah, but they're you not guys trash, but they're good dudes. Yeah, so you guys are right behind them, and then following behind you guys is uh, Seven Gods of Chaos. I don't even know them. <laughs> I, you know, different jar, probably different jar of music. You know, Jimmy. right? Yeah, uh, but uh, you know, the Connecticut scene is a big, 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 big scene. Yeah, there's more bands here than I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh. There's a lot of bands. There's a lot of good bands too. Yep, very, very much obvious, but uh, yeah, and so, I mean, it's good to know you guys are easy to get a hold of, and um, so, you know, definitely, guys, reach out to these guys. They got some some great stuff, and I think everyone's going to dig it, and and obviously, when you guys put out the next one, I definitely would like to get you, you know, have you get a hold of me and uh, and come back on and let everybody know that that puppy is out and available, and uh, oh, we absolutely. can give everyone the lowdown. I, I have no problem whatsoever doing that. Awesome, man. I, 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 you know, I enjoy, you know, the time we have to sit here shooting it, you know, it's, it's fun. These are my, these are my favorite interviews is, is I have a, a co-host and, and whenever I talk to like Chris Bennett from Widow, he'll be like, well, how long did you talk to him? I'll be like, you know, two hours, three hours. Like, like, what the fuck did you talk about? We're like, I'm like, we talked about whatever. Yeah. It just, it just shoot, you start shooting the shit. And yeah. You know, it's like, wow. You know? And especially when you when it's like old dudes like us, it's yeah, well, there's lots we, of shit to could, shoot about. Dude, we could we could we could shoot like the old horror stories of like you know the old clubs and oh know, yeah, like you know, how we miss CBGBs and little wars now and all that other stuff, you know. All those good stuff, all the old clubs around Boston. Yep. Yeah, you know, it just you don't see much. You don't see much of it anymore. Nope. You know, comes in and goes out. <laughs> Well, where, where are you out of again? I'm just about 20 miles outside of Boston. Ah, so let's see. There used to be a bar that we played up there named Derringer's in Brockton, Mass. Okay, you yeah, so that's, that's still a little bit far away from me. But, uh, yeah, so I'm up in, up in Lowell, so almost in okay. the New Hampshire border. Okay, so you're Lowell, Mass. Yeah. I actually I actually did an investigation up there. I, I, I do paranormal investigations, uh-huh. too. I did, did an investigation in Lowell, Mass, and it was freaking awesome. You did? Where'd you do it at? Um, there's an old mill. There's lots of old mills. Yeah, um, uh, I, I can't remember exactly the location. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, it was it was a person's home. They uh-huh. called us in because they had all kinds of activity, and basically uh, next door to them, the house burnt down in 1892, uh-huh. and two young boys were killed in the fire. Okay. And we actually caught. If you go, if you you go to here, you, I'll tell you where. Go to Tripod Investigations, Spirit mm-hmm. Hunters. Okay. That's, that's my paranormal group. And you could see me sitting there, and I say, come hold my hand, and you'll see an orb come down out of the ceiling and touch my hand, go right wow. to my hand. 
that right there is at the the lull. Wow. And, it, and if you if you look at uh, you'll see like a, we have an EMF detector on the floor which lights up red. Uh-huh. There's a ball there, and we're seeing did you move the ball? And, you, and it kept lighting. The ball was shaking going back and forth, but you couldn't see it because it was pitch black. Yeah. But you could see the friggin' uh, the, the detector going off. Wow. So wow. It, was, it was pretty wild. We caught a lot of stuff there. Wow. Did you ever do an investigation in in Bill Ricker at all? No. We, no. Basically, what when we do investigations, it it, it comes out is uh. We go, we do them, and it's people call us up to come in. Oh, okay. For years, I used to work in Bill Ricker, and, and I found out that there was a, a site that was like a former mental institution that wasn't very far from where I was working. It was like way back in the woods, and uh, people had reported all kinds of activity that was going on on that site and in, in, in oh, the yeah, ho- it, any it, of the it, houses that got built near it and stuff. That's why I was asking. Oh, it gets, it, it gets, pretty, it gets pretty wild sometimes, mm. the stuff I go on. Yeah. You know, it keeps you sane. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, awesome, man. I've kept you for almost an hour, but I, I've had a blast talking with you, and uh, and definitely I, I'd love to have you come back on again. We can talk about the new album. We can shoot the shit about metal and, uh, you know, basically uh, spend another good time. Excellent. Well, next time um, we should be playing up in New Hampshire again May, June, July. Okay. So come on up and see us. I will. Awesome, man. We'll take We'll take the time to sit down and have – have a piece of pizza. Yes. There you go, man. All right. All cool. Right. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Bye. Bye. There you go. My talk with Keith from Shallow Ground. And as he mentioned, you want to find out what those guys are doing, keep up with them, you can go to their Facebook page. That is, of course, facebook.com slash shallow ground. So what would a Halloween episode be without playing? A little something from the band Halloween. So here we go. A little track off of No One Gets Out. It is the thing that creeps. Metalheads, there you go. A little track for Halloween. Of course, Halloween with the thing that creeps. That will do it for this week of Focus on Metal. As per usual, I have no freaking idea what we are doing next week. We have got a crap load of audio. Just interviews have been crazy lately. Talking to Scott Leach from Crystal Ball, Paradolia, Frank Domino. I got an interview coming up with Sirius Black this week. Talk with my new friends from Stepfather Fred and even another return engagement with Paul Logue from Eden's Curse. And uh, I get Richie's asking me about doing another three interviews as well. So crazy busy here. Lots of stuff coming your way. So again, 
haven't pinned down what we're doing next week, but uh, by next week, I'll have figured it out. In the meantime, if you're looking for some more Focus On Metal goodness, you can always head up to focusonmetal.net. Go over to the episodes page, and we have all of our past episodes up there. And, you know, you might want to look down the list and catch something you might have missed. All kinds of good stuff out there. And if you get far enough back in the catalog, you might find one there that doesn't have the streaming or download link. Just shoot me an email at scott at focusonmetal.net. And I will do my damnedest to make that link happen for you. And you can also look in uh, iTunes as well. Both of our iTunes channels. There's lots of episodes from uh, the past in there as well. Not as many as are on the website. But uh, yeah, still a good chunk of them if you are an iTunes subscriber. And if you are... Thanks for subscribing. We definitely appreciate that. And, of course, I'll do the old social media shill here. You can always get in contact with Richie on Facebook. He's the man manning the Facebook page for us here at Focus on Metal. Always some lively discussions up there with Richie, so join on in. And I'm the guy doing the Twitter, so uh, you can be sure to follow Focus on Metal on Twitter. Already have a ton of great metalheads following us and uh, always room for more, so uh, why don't you join in with us? But for now, that will do it for this week. Put a fork in it. This one is done. And remember that uh, this time next week, we will be the first week into Metal Month 2016. So for Richie, myself, and all the metalheads right here at Focus on Metal, have yourselves a great metal week. And until we talk to you again next week, remember... Focus on Metal! Everything else is insignificant. Still here? It's over. Go home.